0: Live from the Old National Bank State Street Studios is WMVP hd Two, Chicago, a Good Karma Brands radio station.
1: Now back to the sh- sh- show. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago.
0: College tailgate on ESPN 1000 brought to you by Twin Peaks. Tyler Rocky, Shay Norling. We talk college football with you every single Saturday here, 9 to 11 a.m. on ESPN 1000. And Shay, we've got the game today number two versus number three. Ohio State and Michigan taking place at the big house. And all the storylines that are surrounding this game. We really haven't had a chance to dive into the actual matchup itself because. There are a lot of fascinating nuances into how this game can be won on both sides, but I think you start with the quarterback here. And the quarterback, and which team trusts their quarterback more? You know, a couple weeks ago, we're not too far removed from J.J. McCarthy being the Heisman favorite, only to follow it up with an eight-attempt performance against Penn State. He was allowed to throw the ball eight times in a football game. Yep. And Even though they went out and won the game, they dominated on the ground as well. They looked good running the football, but Kyle McCord has very quietly put together a very, very good season this year. After today, in all likelihood, he'll be over 3,000 yards for the year. 22 to 4 is his touchdown to interception ratio. He's got a top 10 QBR in the country at 83.8 right now. He, I mean, he's got the weapons, everything's sort of set up for him to succeed, but he's going out and he's taking advantage of it, and we're talking about a guy who, in game number one of this season, was pulled out for certain series in favor of the backup Devin Brown.
2: Yeah, and these are two teams that, like, really aren't that different. They kind of want to play the same way. Like, we know Ryan Day is all about the toughness, shout out Corso, like, he's all about (laughs) He's all about how tough we are. We're going to line up. They want to run the ball. They want to get Travion Henderson going. But the last couple of weeks, if you've watched lately, it feels like he's starting to realize, okay, this year, for whatever reason, the running game's not our bread and butter. And, oh, yeah, we have Marvin Harrison Jr. And -hmm. it's like, I, I feel like Ryan Day is at a point where he's kind of starting to open it up a little bit and just go, let's throw the ball to Marvin Harrison. And, and just let that guy do the work. And that's kind of been, like early in the season, we were talking about this Ohio State offense just doesn't feel right. And it kind of lasted through the Penn State, through the Wisconsin game. And then I know Rutgers, Michigan State, Minnesota, it's not a gauntlet. None of those teams are great shakes. But the offense started to show up a little bit more. And they're not scoring 50, but they are throwing the ball more. Three passing touchdowns against Michigan State, two against Minnesota. I don't think Michigan's secondary is anything to write home about. Like, Samer still is a good player, but everywhere else on the field, and I'm sorry, one good defensive back is not enough to work with Marvin Harrison Jr. I just, I wonder if Ohio State's going to open this thing up and feed the beast and do things that they maybe don't want to do, but they have to do if they want to win this game.
0: Well, Ohio State just has so many weapons where you bring up only having one defensive back, you're dead in the water, it feels like. When you talk about Marvin Harrison Jr., that requires the attention of at least two guys on the field at all times. Then on the other side, you've got Emeka Ebeka, who may be a first-round quality talent. And your tight end, Cade Stover, I mean, that's a future NFL guy right there. He looks like a guy who could be one of those top-tier tight ends in this new age of NFL where we see the tight end be such an integral part of a lot of these offenses. Kate Stover could be one of the guys that's next in line.
2: And then not to mention, like, Travion Henderson leaking out into a flat. If he beats a linebacker and the secondary's got their backs turned, you're in trouble. Like, there's there's so many ways that they can beat you. And even though it hasn't shown up numbers-wise, it's started to. And I've watched Kyle McCord. His deep ball is getting better. His confidence feels like it's getting better. His presence in the pocket feels like it's getting better. A little bit like Carson Beck at Georgia. Yeah. Early in the year, kind of looked really suspect. Maybe this kid's not what they hoped he was. But as we've gotten into the final weeks, oh, he's really starting to turn the corner. Kyle McCord, not to the same extent. But the numbers aren't bad. It, like we've talked about, they're this kid's good. just not no, they're, good. They're pretty good. Like. <laughs> When you look at his season and you th- you see almost 3,000 yards, 22 touchdowns, four picks, and a 163 rating, like you go, oh, man, he's had a really good year. And I just feel like the last couple weeks it's starting to show up on the eye test, too, that he just looks more like a good quarterback.
0: Well, and the best part about it, too, is he has the chemistry with Marvin Harrison Jr. They, they were a high school quarterback-receiver tandem. They bring it up to Ohio State. They've looked good together here. And – one of the things that we saw Maryland do against Michigan was that quick screen or short passing game, and yes. you've got the best weapon in America to execute that with Marvin Harrison Jr. So this is going to be one of those games where, I, like, it right now Ohio State's an
2: underdog. They don't
0: feel like an underdog when you really dive into the matchup and the numbers of it all.
2: No, they feel like they should be favored. And really, like... These are two teams that are going in opposite directions. We talked a lot about Michigan's defense, the limiting scoring drives. They went you know, the first however many weeks without allowing more than one scoring drive in a game. They had the 10 points at Minnesota and then went back to seven against Indiana and a shutout against Michigan State. But ever since the scandal really blew up and they started having to fire Connor Stallions, now they've fired their linebackers coach chris partridge and there's rumors that next week there could be another head rolling and you just look and go okay we know penn state can't really play offense they're not good and purdue stinks but purdue got two scoring drives on you penn state got a couple on you like maryland then maryland the best offense per like college football rankings that michigan played all season gets to 24 they got you in a game and at the end of that game Maryland had the ball twice with a chance to win.
0: Maryland scored more offensive points than Michigan did in that game, too.
2: Right. You you go, okay, these two teams, Michigan and Ohio State, Michigan feels like not coming apart at the seams, but certainly not the juggernaut that they were early in the season when they were playing wet napkins. And Ohio State feels like they survived their early gauntlet. They survived Notre Dame. They survived the week's where Kyle McCord wasn't really working, where they were trying to figure out what to do with the running game. And now they have a pretty good idea of who they are. We're going to line up. We're going to play defense. Jim Knowles' defense has been outstanding. And we're going to just get the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. And Kyle McCord, our quarterback, we're starting to really trust him. Whereas on the Michigan side, J.J. McCarthy has been awful for two weeks. He has not,
0: it's amazing, like ever since the Heisman hype sort of hit its peak, he has not thrown a touchdown in the month of November. Hasn't thrown one. Now, that's not to say Michigan hasn't scored points. They've gone 41-24-31, a lot of that coming on the ground. But J.J. McCarthy not throwing a touchdown for the last three games, that's concerning to me if I'm a Michigan fan heading into this game and you're getting some scoring production from your defense here as well these last couple of weeks. Like, I think if if Ohio State just avoids the kaboom play where there's a safety, there's a defensive score on the other side, I think they win this game by
2: at least a touchdown, maybe even double digits. Well, and that was kind of the problem for Ohio State in the past couple of years, was like they could keep it close-ish into halftime. And then the second half, the kaboom plays that you're talking about, not safeties or defensive touchdowns, but it was like blown, busted coverage and interceptions. You've got guys like Ronnie Bell running free. you got – like it was just – it felt like there were moments in the second halves of those games where the Ohio State defense was just out of position and just out of place. And I don't know how much of that's to do with Michigan potentially knowing the signals. Like I don't – I hate to continue adding that context, but I don't think it's a coincidence that this whole thing explodes – and then J.J. McCarthy goes from being the most efficient quarterback in the country to we only trust him to throw eight passes and then an awful showing in Maryland.
0: We only trust him to throw eight passes in our most important game of the season to date. Like-
2: and Again, like I go back to it. People can say, well, Michigan was just running the hell out of the ball. Dude, they scored 24 points. They were handing it off third and seven in negative territory. They straight up did not trust the quarterback. Against a Penn State defense you can say is really good. You know who else is really good? Ohio State. Are you going to just trust him today?
0: Ohio State has the number one defense, according to S&P Plus, in the entire country.
2: They've been outstanding. And I can't say enough that back end... Dude, we know they're wide receiver you. They've also become defensive back you. The back end of that defense is just loaded with NFLers that fly around the field. They're going to stick in your pocket on your routes. I, I have a hard time believing JJ's just going to go out and light the world on fire today with worse skill position players than Ohio State has. Like, it just... People keep forgetting, too, man. It's not like these teams are recruiting at the same level. Ohio State, even in the two years where Michigan bludgeoned them, like they took Kyle McCord, they took C.J. Stroud instead of J.J. McCarthy. They took Travion Henderson instead of Donovan Edwards, who's the running back at Michigan. They Mm -hmm. turned these guys down. Like, Michigan, as good as they were the last two years in winning this game, that in a recruiting standpoint, they are still picking off of Ohio State's scraps. You are getting the leftovers at the Thanksgiving table. You're not stepping up and getting the first scoop of the cranberry sauce. You're getting the stuff that's left on the bottom of the bowl. And, like, that, that the talent gap is still there. I just wonder if it's a coaching mismatch or what happens today if Michigan can do what they've done the last two seasons. So –
0: We've kind of dissected. I think people can kind of see where Shay and I lean on this game. We think Ohio State is going to win the game. We'll get to more of our picks at 935. But for Michigan to pull this off, listen, they have the home field advantage. The game's at the big house. It's going to be a a Michigan-heavy crowd in this game. And every single game with Michigan feels that much more emotional because of the fact that they don't have their coach. And you would have thought the the coach passed away three weeks ago with the way that everything's gone around this Michigan program. That's far from the case. But Michigan, if they're going to win this game, it's going to have to be – they're just going to have to maul them on the ground. Shorten yeah. the game up and make it co- – you want to leave yourself about two and a half to three minutes at the end of the game and it be a one-possession game. And then try to march down the field with your running game. Because I don't know if they're going to be able to pass on this Ohio State team.
2: I I agree. I think you're going to need to turn this into a service academy game. You're going to need to limit this to 14 possessions. Like, you're going to have to shorten the hell out of this game. Play field position. you got to line up play defense. Put a fire blanket on Marvin Harrison, if that's even possible. And... You're going to have to stop the run without stacking the box because if you stack the box on this team to try and sell out and stop Travion Henderson from beating you going between the tackles, what's going to happen is they'll check to pass plays and they'll just murder you with Marvin Harrison and one-on-one coverage. So you got to stop the run without stacking the box. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that, but they are a very good defense. So maybe they can just line up and play, and then you got to just – Like, you don't want to put the game on the arm of J.J. McCarthy, but if he throws a pick, you lose.
0: Now, one of the good things, no Roman Wilson on the injury report for Michigan, their star wide receiver, so that is something working for Michigan here. But I think on the other side, I think one of the best things Ohio State did for setting up for this game is going and playing Notre Dame on the road earlier this year. That Get Kyle McCord, a young quarterback, that early experience of going into a hostile environment, a big-time atmosphere, a historic venue, and it wasn't pretty. 17-14 rarely is pretty. It was a defensive showcase, but he helps lead the game-winning drive down the stretch there. I think that was very important for the development of a young quarterback, and now it's prepping him to go walk into the big house, and those butterflies are going to be gone.
2: Yeah, it, and Ohio State should be feeling confident cuz like you mentioned no no Roman Wilson on the injury report for Michigan. That's good news for them. Good news for Ohio State too is you're going to get two of your best defenders back. Yeah. You're going to get Mike Hall and Tommy Eichenberg, the linebacker both in this game. A defense that was already you mentioned number 1 in S&P Plus gets better today. So like this is but this is where Tyler I talked about this has this is so much hype building into it. It is the best rivalry in the sport. It feels like an old-school grudge match where there's true hatred on both sides, particularly the Ohio State side going into this one. There are so many storylines in terms of who's on the sideline. Like this, and then you're going to line up, and this is going to be, I think, kind of old-school Big Ten football where these two teams are just going to pound each other. That's where this hype for me kind of comes from. This feels old-school in a very good way.
0: You know what? We talked a little bit about the anticipation and the hype for this game. I'm actually going to backtrack some things that I said earlier because now that I think about it, everyone in the Big Ten has a stake in this game somehow. And like last night, I was hanging out with one of my buddies who is a Wisconsin fan, and he has so much vitriol towards Michigan in this game. Doesn't usually like hate Michigan, obviously, would root for Wisconsin over Michigan in a game, but he has like sold his soul in favor of Ohio State for this game. And he has no real dog in the fight here, aside from the fact that he just wants Ohio State to go out there and crush Michigan in this game. And so, yeah, like it feels like everyone in the Big Ten has a stake in this game. Someone feels a certain way about a certain side in this game in the Big Ten, even though they may not have a true affiliation to either school.
2: I think that's where the Michigan versus everybody T-shirts actually become true. Is yeah, I think that's a legitimate thing. The 13 other teams in this conference, their fan bases are rooting against you today.
0: Yeah. That's that is fair and it, it is certainly true and like even people like my myself like I think you have a little bit of a different stake because you're a Michigan State guy, you obviously hate Michigan's Michigan, so it's kind of a the enemy of my enemy is my friend and for me like I I want Ohio State to win this game because I think they've been the superior team all year, and I'd love to see this whole thing come to a boil now with Michigan, and you kind of see that the year has been fraudulent once he got busted and caught red-handed.
2: And you just think about what happened in the playoff last year, where Michigan wins the game against Ohio State, and then, like, I know they made it look close against TCU. It never felt close. It felt like a molly whopping, particularly in the first half. It's 21-6 at halftime. McCarthy, the pick-sixes. It just... It felt like you got your ass kicked by a way inferior team, and then Ohio State, a field goal away from downing Georgia. I would rather see Ohio State in the playoff. They've got more credibility in those positions to me.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you on that. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to join us, anything Michigan Ohio State on your mind when we come back? Oh, Shea is sweating one out to the finish line here. His Heisman bet on Bo Nix. We'll go through all the Heisman candidates and what's on the line today. Also recap how big Bo's performance was last night and how it's going to impact the finish to the Heisman race. All that coming up next on Chicago's College Tailgate.
1: Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Chicago's football game day starts with Chicago's college tailgate. From red shirts to mascots to your school's alma mater, Chicago's college tailgate has it all. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago.
0: Big day yesterday for Shay's Heisman ticket on Bonix sitting at 35 to 1, Bo Nix right now, just off the favorite at plus 110 on FanDuel Sportsbook behind Jaden Daniels who is currently even at plus 100. Um only other people that are really in the conversation, Michael Penix Jr. plus 750 and then if you want to get really crazy, Marvin Harrison Jr. if he does a backflip today, he's at 80 to 1. But I mean, let's be we, real. There are two guys in the conversation. Well, I think Penix isn't out of it like if Penix goes out and dominates in the Pac-12 championship game and wins against Bo Nix it's probably his right can Jaden Daniels lock it up today because he only has one more game and it's today against Texas A&M now here's the the interesting wrinkle to the whole part of it LSU is actively trying to get him the Heisman yep they left him in the game in the fourth quarter in a 40 something point game against Georgia State last week to go out there and put two more touchdowns on the board. So he rounds out with eight total touchdowns accounted for last week. And I don't, Oregon's not trying to get Bo Nix the Heisman. Bo Nix is just playing out of his mind. And Oregon is winning more games than LSU. And everything, the formula is there for Bo Nix. But Jaden Daniels is trying to accomplish it with one less game. And I think for you, Shea, it's worth trying your way to hedge out of this a little bit. I think what there's is, there's a, a you don't have to put it on Jaden Daniels to win the Heisman, but I think if you put some money today on like the over or on like LSU's team total over, you you could that's kind of a way to potentially middle it.
2: I just what's the touchdown count for Jaden Daniels against LSU today where he locks up the Heisman? Because I still just think when you've got a guy who's even money against a guy who's plus 110, and the guy who's plus 110 is going to play a bonus game against a rival where he can avenge his only loss in a conference title game, and he's been dominant all season, it feels like Bo Nix, right? Like if just, unless Jaden Daniels goes and gets eight touchdowns against L, uh, A&M today and just puts it out of reach, it feels like this is still Bo Nix's award to lose, right?
0: So, right now... Bo Nix has, including last night's game, so he's played the full twelve-game slate. He's got thirty-seven passing touchdowns this season to go along with six rushing touchdowns. So that gives you forty-three. Jaden Daniels on the other side has thirty-six passing touchdowns, ten rushing touchdowns. He also has run for over thousand yards. Yeah, that I numbers mean, his only going to go. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, like if if you took team record out of it. Jaden Daniels probably wins this award, but I think team accomplishment has to be a part of the formula.
2: It matters. The voters will Mm -hmm. tell you that it matters. They look at the individual accomplishment and then they look at how valuable was it to your team. And that's where I look at like Jaden Daniels becoming the favorite because they left him in blowouts to put up historic numbers against Florida and to do eight touchdowns against Georgia State. Is that the same as Bo Nix getting five or six in the first half against Arizona State? And then what he did last night, that throw rolling right, mm-hmm. cross his body to the left deep for a touchdown, another three hundred fifty yard game like he's doing it against good opponents and in a position where his team needs him to win games so that they can go to the Pac-12 title and have a chance to go to the college football playoff doesn't that make what he's doing more valuable? And I'm not just saying it from a position of, oh, I got a bet on him and I want to win it. I'm also saying, like, if I were a Heisman voter, I can see what Brian Kelly's doing. You have an inferior opponent on the field, and you are leaving your guy out there to just rack up phony numbers so that at the end of the year, the voters who don't watch the games will go, look at the touchdowns versus, you know, what Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. But the context of where it's happening – you're leaving guys in in a blowout in a fourth quarter so that he can get a bonus too. It's that doesn't mean as much to me as what Bo Nix is doing. For the like record, Bo Nix has weight on his side.
0: Yeah, for the record, I don't care that Brian Kelly is doing this. Like, I, I'm no, all I for don't either. It. He I, should I, do it. Yeah, like it sells the program well. I think it'd be great. Like even though he wasn't there for the first one, like you could say LSU has had two of the last what, five Heisman it would be at that point after 2023 with Joe Burrow and and then with Jaden yeah. Daniels. like You could be talking about really selling your program from a quarterback standpoint, which is extremely important in recruiting. Um, I have no problem with what he's doing. I think he should be doing what he is doing, especially when you know your team is out of it in that regard. But, yes, I, I do think that Bo Nix, if, if I had to place my money down right now today, it would be on Bo Nix. Um, if I had a vote in the matter because I think that what he's done has led to more winning football, albeit I don't think Jaden Daniels is contributing to losing
2: football. Of course not. He's the only reason they've won the games
0: that they've won. And, and like, I guess if we're making a most valuable player case, which I guess the Heisman Trophy is and isn't to a degree, uh, Jaden Daniels is probably more valuable to his team than Bo Nix is. But I think what Bo Nix has done in, like, the – complementary football that that Oregon plays I do think Bo Nix is a big reason why this team is in playoff contention it has a chance to to win a national title and listen if you swap spots I think maybe you're looking at a historic uh Jaden Daniels season but uh, right now I have to look at the wins and losses as a part of the formula too and Bo Nix has that and Jaden Daniels unfortunately for him doesn't
2: and we don't get to do the hypothetical of like, well, if Jaden Daniels played for Oregon, he'd mm-hmm. have 60 touchdowns. Like, that doesn't, right. you have to work with what's actually happened in real life. And like, I've seen people say, well, if you took Bo Nix off of Oregon, they'd still be 10 and one. And I'm like, you are out of your mind. If you actually believe you could pull, pluck the quarterback off the team and just throw whoever and they're 10 and one still, you're insane. Like, I agree. I think they're the best team in America. I think they're complete elite at every position group. But if you think you can pluck the quarterback and they'd still be what they are, I completely disagree with you. Yeah. Um, to your point, too, about Brian Kelly, I don't want it to come across like I have an issue with him rocking with Jaden Daniels late in blowouts and trying to run, run the stats. He should be doing that. And there is a certain value. It sounds silly, but, like, you mentioned selling your program and saying you've had X of the last X Heisman winners – like, that is good, and there is a certain value in being able to say, yeah, we had a disappointing season, we lost these games, but we won a Heisman. Like, there mm-hmm. is a value in that. So yeah. I get why he's doing it, and I don't have an issue with it. It just it adds it might to the screw context. You. Yeah. No, well, it might screw me, and it adds to the context of, is what he's doing more important than what Bo Nix is doing? Like, I think Bo Nix is playing mm. in games that should have... Yeah, more if meaningful waiting- football if you're waiting the grade, like I think Bo Nix has a bigger weight on the grades that he's getting in his games. And yeah. it's maybe not Jaden Daniels fault, but it is what it is. And this award I've mentioned a lot. The only two guys who have won the Heisman without making the playoff were Caleb Williams. He was on the doorstep. He played a 13th game. He played a PAC 12 title. He was very close to getting to the playoff and Lamar Jackson who rewrote the college football record book. So Jaden Daniels, probably the best player in America, but he's not doing either of those two things. And that's what Mm -hmm. they've shown it takes to win a Heisman if you're not going to make the playoff. If that's the world I'm living in, then it has to be Bo Nix.
0: Yeah, I think I really do think that it's going to come down to the Pac-12 or not even the Pac-12 winner. Who looks more impressive in the Pac-12 championship between Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr.?
2: Yeah, I think, like, who wins the game? And, look, honestly, I think we're at a point where if Penix wins the game, no matter what he looks like, Jaden Daniels is going to win the Heisman. Because Penix has just strung together three or four mediocre weeks here. If Knicks wins the game and he looks great doing it against Washington, I think Bo Nix wins the Heisman. If Penix wins the game and... No matter what he does, I think Jaden Daniels wins it.
0: But he could have that Heisman moment. Like, what if he goes out there and drops five touchdowns on Oregon's defense?
2: Yeah, and, like, I guess we can just make the situation what we want. It's like 38-33 Oregon, and Michael Penix has the football with a minute and a half to go and gets his fifth touchdown on a rainbow ball that touches the face of God and then drops into Roma Dunze's hands. Yeah, like arcs it like the sphere in Vegas. Heisman moment, congrats, here's the trophy. Like, I could see that. And but listen, just,
0: and he would have done it twice against Oregon this year.
2: Yep. So you could make that argument for sure. I just think it's – if Penix is the guy that comes out on top, I think that's where Jaden Daniels really becomes likely.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a good conversation this year. The Heisman – you don't oftentimes have – two even three candidates still hovering around the yeah. picture as we go into rivalry week. Usually by now we pretty
2: much know who's going to win the Heisman.
0: Yes. All right, when we come back we will make our picks for all of the big games on today's rivalry week slate. That's coming up next on Chicago's College Tailgate.
1: Shea she- and Tyler. Tyler. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on the ESPN Chicago. Now back to the sh- sh- show. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago.
0: get into the picks on a hefty, hefty college football Saturday rivalry week slate. Only a few games that I think truly matter on this slate, but I think there's a lot of intriguing angles and and different ones that are worth betting on because I do think there are a number of, of good sort of situations and spots. You can sometimes see teams on the look ahead looking into their conference title games and whatnot. And we bring in our producer, Jack McGrath, smiling ear to ear. For the picks today. All right, Jack, what do we have on the slates? Turn on your mic, Jack. Oh, that's (laughs) a fine. That's a fine. This isn't 7 to 10. No fines on this show.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, it's rivalry week. Hey, Jack, Jack, buddy, it's an audio medium, pal. You got to hit the audio. I know, I know, I know. All (laughs) right, it's rivalry week. Throw out. The scorebooks, throw out the record books. First one, 14 LSU, Texas A&M, this one in Baton Rouge, and LSU is favored by 13 points. Texas A&M, it's been a
2: disappointing season. Jimbo Fisher's gone. They were supposed to be great. This was a culmination. I thought they had a chance to win the SEC. They've been pretty bad. But the defense is very good. And 13 points in a rivalry game at home I think I like the Aggies. Texas A&M's the pick.
0: I'm going to go on the other side of this one because we have talked about the Jaden Daniels-Heisman campaign. And I think that could be enough to backdoor it at the end. So I, both teams not really playing for anything here except for LSU trying to get Jaden Daniels a Heisman. So for that reason, I'm going LSU. And I
2: misspoke. I listed it wrong on the sheet. Uh, This is at LSU. I thought so when I was saying it, but I'm still taking the Aggies. I think their defense travels. All right.
3: I'm taking LSU in this one as well. I think it's going to be a Jaden Daniels game. Uh, Kentucky at Louisville, minus 7.5 in favor of Louisville.
2: Uh, Louisville laying that much, uh, that side of a touchdown. I I know last week I called them the fraudulent, and they beat Miami, and I have egg on my face a little bit. Good for them. Do me a favor, be Florida State in the conference title. But I don't think you're covering today. Go Cats.
0: I'm with you on that one. The plus seven and a half. Oh, when you're giving me the key seven and a half there, I, I'm with you. And, and like, Louisville hasn't impressed me. They've kind of just done enough yeah. throughout the course of the season. They're prob- this game means nothing to them in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, I'm with you. Seven and a half. And I think Kentucky's got a chance to win
3: out right. I'm with you, I think it's going to be Kentucky in this one. Uh, Alabama at Auburn, Alabama given 13 and points. As
2: much as I want to do the Iron Bowl throw the records out. Auburn just lost to New Mexico State at home. Diego Pavia walked in there and put a bullet in mefree. They paid Brian Harson through his nose to go get Hugh Freeze and flip this program. Hey, you're 6-5, and five and you lost at home in the SEC bye week to New Mexico State. Crimson Tide roll. I'm with you.
0: Like, And Bama's playing for style points now, too, because they know they need every bit of evidence on their side. I think this is a bloodbath. I think Bama could win this one by three,
3: four touchdowns. Give me the Tide. I'm going Bama as well. Washington State at Washington. Apple Cup. Yep, Washington favored by 15 and a half. Washington,
0: oh, way, wait, before you get into the pick, glad this got renewed for an extended. They, they signed a deal to make sure this is not the last iteration of the Apple Cup.
2: Yeah, yeah I am as well. Like, we need these rivalries to stay around. I know Oregon State's not going to want to play Oregon, but and good on them for doing it. But I'm glad we're going to see this one. Washington State, one of the most temperamental teams in the country this year. At one point, they were ranked. And then they ripped off six straight losses. But they saw one go through the basket against the dead body of Colorado. 56-14 to last week. And Washington just hasn't looked good enough for me to be laying 15.5 points in a rivalry game. I'll go Wazoo.
0: I think this is a get right game for Washington, a primer that leads into the Pac-12 championship. Give me the Huskies.
3: I'm going with the Huskies as well. I want Washington playing for a lot there. Uh, Florida State also playing for a lot though at Florida. Florida State favored by six and a half points in this one.
2: I have that national title ticket on the Knowles. It's not going to cash. They stink. Their quarterback is dead. I don't know what you do with this game. You don't because it. it's two backups. Like if you're thinking about putting money. Um, Florida, Florida State today, I think you're out of your mind. I don't even know if you want to watch it. You can. It's on ESPN. Florida, to me, home dog rivalry, two backups. Who the hell knows what you're getting? Go Gators.
0: You know, this is a great quarterback name matchup that we've got here. Tate Rodemaker and Maz Brown. Ooh. I like this. I, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go with the Gators, too, on, on this one. I wouldn't pick it. I'm not betting the actual game, but for for the sake of there's so much uncertainty around it, I always, in those situations, take the dog.
3: I'm going with Florida in this one as well. They almost upset Missouri last week, so that they had some momentum going in to this one. And then the next game, Justin Ponder, not here, a resident Kansan, Kansas minus seven at Cincinnati. Uh, Kansas, I, like, it's tough, man. They got good news
2: for next year. It sounds like Uh, Daniels, the quarterback, is coming back. But the loss to Texas Tech, the loss to Kansas State, the way they lost to Kansas State. I think you go on the road at Cincinnati, though. Cincinnati's terrible. I don't like laying seven with this Jayhawk team on the road at the end of the season. But Cincinnati's so bad. I'll lay the seven with Kansas.
0: I'm going to do it for our guy, Potsy. I'm going to take Kansas on the seven here. Guys had a hell week. Basketball
2: lost. He's going through it right now. He's got some things happening to him that are not good, <laughs> yeah. is what we'll say. We'll let Pottinger tell the story if he would like to. But he's uh, he's he's currently been forced to Amtrak for reasons. Yes. So <laughs> he's got some things happening you that know are not what? great.
0: Kansas to the moon. I'll take him for get, Pottinger. Get Potsey in a good mood. Get Potsy in a good mood. Do it for Potsy, Jayhawks. Do it for Potsy. All
3: right. Who do you like, Jack? Uh, I'm going to go with – I can't pick the Jayhawks in this one. Since he's at home, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. All right, number 24, Clemson, minus 7.5 at South Carolina. This is one of those that I looked at it
2: originally, and I go, I think I have to play Clemson. And then I looked at it more, and I thought, why is it only 7.5? Clemson's way better than South Carolina. They just beat North Carolina. They're in this rivalry game, and South Carolina's terrible – and I'm talking myself into it right now. I'm going to go with Clemson. I think Shane Beamer is only good when Connor Stallions is faxing him signals. Clemson beats the Brakes off South Carolina. Tyler, doesn't Clemson feel a little bit like if the season started in October, they might be in the playoff? They, they've
0: played very good football lately.
2: And I think
0: that rolls over a little bit of momentum into next year. I think this is something we got to store in our memory banks for next year. With this Clemson team, they're sneaky playing some great football. And I don't know if Vegas has caught up to it here. So I'm with you. I'm taking Clemson.
3: All right. Good luck picking this next one. So, George. Whoa, you got Jack, Sorry, We need a bad, pick. I'm taking Clemson as well. All and right. This one. All right. Go Tigers. Number one, Georgia, given 24 and a half to Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech. I'm not looking back at the history
2: of this game right now, but I always feel like it's weirdly close in some years and lay in 20, especially first and a half. halves. Yeah, Georgia's just a team that outside of the last few weeks, they've struggled to cover big numbers this year. Like, I don't know if they've ever covered a number this size. I'm gonna, I'm gonna clip my nose. I'm gonna take the yellow jackets, Georgia Tech. I'm with you. Like,
0: Georgia Tech is not good. They're not playing for anything really. Georgia, th- this is a look ahead spot for Georgia. They- We've seen them have the letdown performances against teams like Vandy and who they play else earlier this year. That there was someone else. Um, they played Auburn. Auburn, Auburn really
2: close. South they played Carolina, South Carolina really
0: yeah. Like close. they've had some of those games. This feels like one of those. So I'll take Georgia Tech.
3: All right, Cal at UCLA. Come on, Jack. Jack, we need a pick from you here, buddy. I'm taking Georgia Tech as well. I think they're going to keep it close against Georgia. Maybe shake shake it up a little bit for Georgia, rattle them going into the SEC championship game. All right, Cal at UCLA. This game at UCLA. Cal playing to clinch a bowl spot, though. UCLA minus 9.5. Cal, first of all,
2: Goodbye to the Pac-12 After Dark. The only reason that we are picking this game is it is the final iteration of Pac-12 After Dark. Is this game on Pac-12 Network? Uh, No, I think it's on ESPN. Good. I think this is the true final iteration of Pac-12 After Dark, and we get it on national television where the world will be watching because you will never have this experience again. Goodbye to one of the best products in college football. All of that said, Cal playing for a bull bid. They might get one with five. They're a very good school. UCLA, on the other hand, Chip Kelly might be trying to save his gig. He did a lot of goodwill last fired. week. Didn't he get fired? No, there was the reporting. He was still on the sideline last week. He may have helped himself out. I, Dude, I look at UCLA. They played well a week ago, beating USC. I'm picking the Bruins, laying a big number at home. The
0: Rose Bowl at night. I'm going to take the other side of this one. I'm going to be on Cal. That It's been a scrappy Cal team. UCLA still may win the game by a touchdown or a field goal, but I, I like Cal to cover the 9.5. They've been pretty solid in these spots this year so far.
3: All right, I am going to take... I I like Cal in this one just because they're playing for that bowl eligibility. They got something to play for in this one. Now, it's the game that everybody's talking about, Ohio State at Michigan. This one was Michigan minus three and a half earlier. It's now moved closer to three on a lot of sites. So, Michigan or Ohio State at Michigan. We'll keep it at three and a half for now, though.
2: All year, Michigan has underwhelmed in the running game. They lost a couple interior players. I don't think they're... They're as high level at the guard position. Now, in the last couple weeks, the tackles are starting to look bad. And J.J. McCarthy is starting to look bad. And you wonder, is all that signal stealing coming home to roost? Ohio State walking in three and a half point dog. I've seen this get bet down to three at some places. Guys, I think you can keep the points. Buckeyes walk into Ann Arbor and win. Go Bucks.
0: I'm with you. I think that this is a karma game. I think this is a, just the wrong team is favored in this game. I think the line should be flipped on this one. Ohio State should be the field goal favorite. Everything suggests that. They've got the better defense. They've got, in my opinion, the better offense. They've got the better offensive weapons. They've got the better quarterback. They've got the coaching advantage. Everything in this game signals Ohio State, I cannot understand. It's been bet down From 5.5 to 3.5, all the way down to 3, a critical number here. Give me Ohio State, and Che, I'm with you. Keep the points.
3: I'm going with Ohio State as well. I'm taking them in this one. I don't like the ball in J.J. McCarthy's hands, and Ohio State's had a good run defense this year.
2: Jack, that's the whole thing. Like, when Michigan has to put the ball in J.J.'s hands to win football games, and this is one where I do believe that they will have to live on the arm of J.J. McCarthy, go back and look at those games. They don't win those games. So I I, got to take Ohio State.
0: Also, I got to call out the fraud fan base, too. Say they're going to boycott game day. Looked like it was a championship parade on the set today. Unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. What a a paper tiger fan base with that.
2: Unbelievable. They're the the biggest losers, man. They just are. (laughs) They're just the biggest losers.
0: And they'll puff their chest on you along the way. All right. Those are the picks when we come back we will craft the show parlay we need a winner this week we'll do that coming up next
1: chicago's college tailgate returns in a flash on espn chicago chicago's college tailgate now back to the show with shay and tyler on espn chicago
0: Thank you to Jack McGrath for producing today's show of college, Chicago's College Tailgate. We will be back next Saturday from 9 to 11 a.m. right here on ESPN 1000, getting you set for everything championship weekend. And that will include a recap of the Pac 12 championship. I love that Pac 12 championship night game on a Friday. So, We'll dive into all of that. And don't forget the Chicago's College Tailgate Recap Podcast. Shay and I will break down all of the big games from the weekend for you Monday morning. That'll be in your feeds for you throughout the week. And we will break down all of the big matchups and get you set for your championship weekend of college football. All right. As we do always to close out the show, it's the official Chicago's College Tailgate parlay. We each grab a leg. We have yet to hit one this year. We've come close many a time, but it is time to finally win one, boys. And maybe it's because Justin Pottinger is not here and we are subbing yeah. in Jack McGrath that we are going to find ourselves a winner today. So let's go around the room. Shay, what do you like for your pick this week?
2: I was thinking about trying to boost the juice a little bit and going with Ohio State on the money line, but I am switching my pick on the parlay. I'm going to go with LSU and Texas A&M. Under 67 is what I'm looking at on my screen. Okay. And I just think LSU's defense is terrible. LSU's offense is great. AM's offense is terrible. AM's defense is great. I have a hard time believing, with what I've seen from both these teams, that AM's defense is just going to get lit up like it could. But AM bogs down so much offensively. I don't know how this game gets to 67. Could it be 52 to 10? Yeah, and you win. So, like, I'll go under 67.
0: For my pick, I am going to go with the under in Michigan and Ohio State. It sits at 46-and-a-half. I really think Michigan knows that their best chance of winning this game is to shorten it up, run the football here, and I don't think they're going to have much success. I think both of these defenses are very good, too. So I think we're getting a lower-scoring game here, under 46-and-a-half on Michigan and Ohio State.
3: Jack? All right, well, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go down to that Cal game, the last Pac-12 after dark game, and I'm going to take Cal uh, plus nine in this one. They're playing for a bowl game. They have something to play for, UCLA. Kelly's playing for his job, but I I really think Cal covers here, and I'm taking them in this one.
0: All right, so those are the picks. It's Cal plus nine, under 67 in LSU and Texas A&M, and under 46 and a half in Ohio State, Michigan. You round it all up it gets you to plus 555 and if you're on FanDuel Sportsbook you get that 30% profit boost up to plus 722 for your three-leg parlay there. All right, we've got a fantastic slate of football today. It all starts in about 5 minutes from now with uh, Michigan and Ohio State, the winner effectively sealing up a playoff spot. I have seen the look ahead line shay on Ohio State versus Iowa or Michigan versus Iowa, 21 and a half on both of those. I don't know about you, but real quick, that feels a little high for me. I think I, Iowa's I, defense is so good. Listen, they're not going to get you many points on their side. They maybe squeak out a field goal or a touchdown, and that's about it. But I don't know if we see Michigan or Ohio State put a big number up on Iowa's defense.
2: My only worry is, could you see the game be twenty-four nothing final and you lose? That's fair. Like I, I, could never bet Iowa on the number there. I'll bet the under. Iowa yeah. unders one more time. Yeah, and then we'll ride it one more time in the bowl
0: game too.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I, what a sham! They get to go to a bowl. Oh my goodness. They get to
0: go to a bowl. They're going to go to a good one too. They're. 10 I know and two. they're going to.
2: They're going to go to a
3: New Year's Six bowl. Ten and and two conference runner-up. What an absolute <laughs> sham the Big Ten is. I'll throw They're going to play there. in the Peach Bowl. I'll throw it out there, though. Iowa hasn't given up 21 points since September. They haven't even given out yeah, 20 Jack, points. Yeah, but, they haven't played points. anybody. That's fair. But yeah. still.
2: They're playing the Sisters of the Poor. They're playing Northwestern
3: they in the. They did let
0: up 33 against Penn State, but I think part of that is also James Franklin knows the numbers, too. Heading into those games. Yeah, he needed to cover. (laughs) Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Peggy and Dion is coming up next. We'll talk to you next week at this time, 9 to 11 a.m. for Championship Weekend. And we'll also hit you on the Chicago's College Tailgate podcast that's dropping on Monday. We'll talk to you then.
1: Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago.